if only right wow. instead we decided to make uh the earth an egg with a massive celestial in the middle of it that's just gonna pop out just like, exploding <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Just gonna fucking pop out of there, bro. Like, the how fuck? did that thing fit in the earth? <laughs> I That's don't know. I just know. and just his little hand starts to come out. His little hand, his yeah. massive hand starts to come out. His big ass hand. What's up, Real Critics? I am Jose Garcia Chow, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. In case you're new and just turning in here at EARC, my co-host and I, John Wolf, take a look at the movies that have divided critics and audiences. If it has at least a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes, we're game to talk about it. We'll give you the Real Critics thoughts on the movies, break down the critic and audience scores, and wrap it up with our very own real ranking of the movie. But we do like to keep it fun and light because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's a real critic. So without further ado, John, my friend, my brother, my homie, let the people know what we're talking about this time. What's going on, man? Always excited to talk movies, uh, especially what we're about to talk about today. We're going to go into the multiverse. We are going to be talking about Eternals this week. So that's right. We went on Disney Plus. Um, If you haven't seen Eternals already, it's already been on there for about a month. So uh, we're not going to give a spoiler warning. Well, this not spoiler warning will serve as your spoiler warning. So we are going (laughs) all in on this movie. So if you haven't seen it and for some reason you don't want something to be spoiled about it, just turn it off and uh, maybe go listen to last week's episode or any of our other episodes that you can find wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, we appreciate that. So but before we talk about Eternals, we're going to take a new spin on uh, our what you're watching. We're going to we're going to give it a fresh new take. Jose, the big football game was on this past weekend. Did you watch? Did you watch the big football? We can't actually say what it is. Otherwise, we'll get sued. So love sports. Big sports guy. You know, yeah, me. I can tell footballs basketballs all the balls. baseballs wiener dogs <laughs> love a good wiener did you love, watch the puppy bowl sports i did not watch the puppy bowl unfortunately <sighs> puppy bowl 26 i uh, would have loved to have caught the puppy bowl but no yeah i did actually i i watched the super bowl of course i did i was super stoked and also super bummed at the way that it turned out i was uh, a cincy guy show. Oh, what? No. You're an Ohio guy? I, I'm not a die? fan of them per se, but I do like Joe Burrow. We I saw him play when he was at LSU and he kicked our ass and somehow that endeared him towards me. When I say our ass, I mean UCF. I went to UCF. For some reason that endeared him toward me and I was really excited to see him win this one, but there's always next year, Joe. Uh <laughs> There are. There's a lot more years, you know, spoken like a true sports fan that's used to losing that phrase right there. There's always next year. Um, You know, the I didn't even think about the football game itself. I thought, you know, a lot of people usually tune in for the commercials for the Super Bowl. And it was funny. 
it felt like if you were a 40, like late thirties to mid fifties person on this planet, probably a white male, this was your day. Mm -hmm. This was for you. Halftime show commercials. They were talking to you every single one of them, but with all those commercials, we got a lot of movie trailers. So we're going to give a new, we're going to, we're going to try a little new segment here. Uh, we're going to talk through some of the Super Bowl movie trailers that were out. There were a lot of them. And we're going to decide which ones we think just first reactions alone are going to be really good or really bad. Run it. <laughs> All right. So. There were, as we mentioned, a ton of movie trailers. So we're going to go through each just really quick. First reactions. We're going to let you know if they're really good or really bad. So, John, you know, I'm so good at really keeping my rants short and not long winded at all. So this is this is going to work out really, really well, really well. (laughs) Like what you did there. This could be really bad for you, but uh, this could be really bad. We can always cut it. That's uh, that's the beauty. <laughs> that's the beauty of things. People aren't here with us right now. They don't know how long we're going to talk. And that's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first one. Doctor Strange. Multiverse of Madness. Every night. I dream the same dream. begins i am so excited for this movie john yeah Yeah. i think we're gonna get a lot of mcu lore they're gonna they're just gonna stuff this movie like a jalapeno popper Mm. full of mcu goodness give me that cream cheese i'm excited to see that i'm excited similar to what we saw in boba fett what is some of these animations come into live action so i'm curious to see what they do with agent carter or captain carter who i'm i'm thinking that she's going to be some of the what if iterations of doctor strange too yeah yeah so if you haven't seen what if a lot of people i don't think have because let's be honest first couple episodes not great and honestly like who expected that it would actually you know contribute to live action lore as much as it looks like it's going to Agreed. I mean, it looks like there's going to be some kind of Black Panther figure um, in that movie. We definitely get Patrick Stewart's voice. Um, I know that voice. I've heard it before. Was that who that was? Is that how people what people are? are, uh... That's what the people are saying. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. That's exciting. Oh, man, I just hope that this this isn't like some X-Men Days of Future Path shit. You know, where it just it just all starts to get really tangled up. But um, I have faith in the MCU. Uh, and it's funny that we say that now, because after today's movie, <laughs> you mean that. I, I still remain uh, optimistic about it. So I'm going to go ahead and say that this movie is going to be really good. Agreed. Really good on this one. OK, really next good. one. Jurassic World Dominion. I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion. 
something that was real. Something that they could see and touch. Creation is an act of sheer will. Life will find a way. We can't keep her here forever. They find her, we're never gonna see her again. We gotta protect her, that's our job. Humans and dinosaurs can't coexist. We created an ecological disaster. Ellie Sattler. Alan Grant. You didn't come out all this way just to catch up now, did you? You coming or what? Listen, I love the OG trilogy. Even the last movie in the trilogy, I think is hilarious. This Jurassic World trilogy, though, couldn't care less about it. Really? Yeah. But the fact that they're bringing back Alan Grant, you know, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, I, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for it. You know, I'm in. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to be honest. When I first saw this commercial, I, I didn't know they were still making them. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought they stopped after the first one. I guess they made a second and now a third. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be really bad. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's going to be really bad. I think, I'm, I think you know, like, yeah, bringing in Sam Neill, bringing in Jeff Goldblum, bringing Laura Dern. It seems like these movies are just kind of doing, they're following a trend. You know, who knows when this film was actually filmed, but, you know, we just saw something like this with No Way Home. You know, we're just going to combine these trilogies, see what happens. Wow. Yeah. I think you... Uh... It's a spoiler. It's We already gave them spoiler warnings. No, but I mean, I think, Comparing Jurassic World to to No Way Home is uh... <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm not comparing them in quality. I'm comparing oh. them in like this this technique thing that they're doing. Sure. They're like in thought, right? And we're gonna we're gonna bring characters, actors in from a previous. We're gonna meld generations of fans together so we can Correct. make more money. I got you. Yes, I hear what yes. you're saying. So I think so. Really bad. We're gonna say really bad, right? We're yeah, so we're we're both agreeing. Really good on, on we're two for uh, two. Doctor Strange, really bad. Sonic the Hedgehog two. Where are my manners? Sonic, meet Knuckles. So nice when diabolical evil lives up to the height. Did you like Sonic the Hedgehog 1? No, didn't. Uh, well, sorry. I, before I say no, uh, I just didn't watch it because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't judge it then. <laughs> Uh, I, it's, it was, it was okay. I, I, Sonic the Hedgehog one was okay. This one's going to be really average. <laughs> I'm going to go really bad. And, but I will say Knuckles 
was my favorite character to play when I had the Sega Genesis and you had like that uh, expansion cube for the Sonic games where you could like, it was an extra cartridge that you would then put the Sonic cartridge in and it would unlock your ability. You could play as Tails um, and Knuckles and probably someone else, but. uh, So you're not excited to see these guys on screen for the first time? I'm going to be honest. I haven't thought about Knuckles until I saw him on the TV. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Uh, like, I'm never going to watch it, though. <laughs> I had a Knuckles, um, like, stuffed animal, like a little doll. Oh, yeah. That I think I won in a claw machine at a Denny's. Yeah. When I was a kid. Um, so Knuckles was also my favorite character in, in, like, the Sonic universe. But to be totally honest, I knew nothing about him. He could uh, He could glide. That's why he was cool. Cool. Well, I guess Tails could fly. Knuckles could glide. Yeah, and Sonic could run. Yeah, I don't really care about this one. Let's say really bad. The next one is Ambulance. Ambulance? It's Ambulance, but it's like Ambu-L-A because it's in L-A. Ants. What? Rise and shine, Los My wife needs this surgery. We're not the bad guys. We're just the guys trying to get old. I gotta get back to my wife and my son, no matter what. I'm gonna get you back home, little brother. Ambulance. I'm gonna get everybody home. Yeah. Have you seen the Jake Gyllenhaal uh, movie where he is the 911 operator? And he thinks that a woman is abducted, but really she's the the person in trouble. Like she's causing the trouble. Is that cellular? Something like that. It came out on Netflix like a couple months ago. Oh, it's a newer movie. Yeah, it looked it. Oh. Um, it was like a straight copy of the Halle Berry uh, movie where she's the nine one one operator. But as Jake Gyllenhaal uh, does, and as my my T Swift, my Swifties know. He just loves to take things away from women and make credit on his own. So mm. I'm going to I'm going to say really bad for Ambulance. I think this movie is directed by Michael Bay. So I'm oh. also going to say really bad. But you can guarantee I can guarantee you there will be women in bikinis and and he Explosions. will probably demean them at any chance he gets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I say we're guaranteed a couple explosions, some car crashes for sure. Some obnoxious gunfights. Uh, like you said, yeah. some misogynist shots of women. Yeah. Really bad. Really bad. TNA shots, as they call them in the biz. <laughs> Lost City. What is this? Taken? Am I taken? <laughs> Alan? I'm here to save you. Ow! She has the key to finding the lost treasure. After them! I am driving. Oh, 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 oh. oh. What is that? Just pick it and swing it. You pick it and swing it. Don't make that sound. Getting you out of here. Why are you so handsome? My dad was a weatherman. The Lost City, March 25th. I think I missed this one on the night of, but... uh... I love me some Danny Rad, but this movie gives me, like, like Jumanji vibes. Mm. You know, like Jumanji meets... What's that? Uh, what's that other Channing Tatum movie? Twenty One Jump Mike. Street. Ah, 
Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> like Jumanji meets 21 Jump Street and that other movie where Sandra Bullock falls in love with Ryan Reynolds. I'm personally not going to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero interest in this movie. So far, we have one really good and not and a lot of really bads, which is interesting for the Super Bowl because you would think, you know, you want to put your, your good foot forward. So next one. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's the name of the movie. Oh, nope. The Jordan Peele movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my. Great, great grandfather. Great. There's another great grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pitches could move, yeah, skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Directed by Jordan Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. Um, Kiki. What are your thoughts, John? You, you start us out this time. Um, yeah, before we get there, do you remember in high school, Rebecca Black made Friday the platinum hit? And we did a deep dive on the company that her parents used to create that video you know like where they paid like whatever it was a yeah they paid great like a random business. producer yeah 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 like ten thousand bucks and he was like yeah I'll make your kid a star because they have no talent but they're gonna go they're gonna be famous then there was another girl have you seen rebecca black now no i haven't she's great she's really so great now yeah talk about a comeback what's she doing kid. now she's singing she's like playing fucking she's playing her music and it's good really yeah a lot of auto-tune no but it's pop music so you know like but no it's good she's good yeah i mean friend of the pod so i'm sure i'm sure she's doing well um but there was another (laughs) there was another girl who made a music video song about jeans do you remember and then she was like kiki palmer's wearing my jeans 
Yes. I like vaguely. Will you wear my jeans with me? So is that what you think every time you hear Kiki Palmer's voice? Or just her name, yeah. <laughs> so back to the big game music trailers. Nope. Trailers. That's a really good one. I think Nope is gonna be really good. I'm in. He doesn't miss. Yeah, Jordan Peele's got like this distinct style that he's going for now. And uh, yeah, I'm all in for it. I think this is going to be really good as well. I don't really have much to say about this other than I'm excited. Yeah. And I uh, can't wait to watch it. In the horror genre, he is creating, he's doing things different. He doesn't hit like all of the tropes, which is amazing. The Adam Project. What's going on, honey? It's the third time you've been suspended for fighting. I know, you'd think I'd be better at it by now. I don't understand you. Dad would. I miss him too, you know. But son, you need to think about your future. Because it's coming. Sooner than you think. Ryan Reynolds back in um, time future self back to the future there's something about these like Ryan Reynolds projects that are coming out that just remind me of like uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this I don't know I just have no interest in these movies really yeah I didn't watch free guy we watched yeah. red notice just because we did it for the pod you watched it before <laughs> you didn't watch it because of this podcast you watched it Okay, you got me. But <laughs> I have a. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch this one. I think it's gonna be really good. You're a fucking liar. You're a goddamn liar. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Definitely, maybe is one of my favorite rom coms. No doubt. Okay, this looks like definitely maybe, but jumping in time. What? All right, whatever. I'm going to let this one slide, John. I'm just going to say this one's going to be really bad. All right. So we're split on one of them. We had to, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about this movie. We're going to talk about this movie on the podcast when it comes out. And we're going to revisit it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Remember well, what we said. Be a fool. We're going to play this audio. It's going to be tough, right? Because it's going to get a 90% critic score and a 99% we'll audience we'll score. Rules. For a 9%? No way. If it's even that much. All right. So the last two, not movies, but we got to decide if they're going to be really good or really bad. The first one, Moon Knight, also in the MCU, coming to Disney+. Plus. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Day and night. It must be very difficult. The voice in my mind, my in your head. There's chaos in you. Embrace it. I'm scared that this movie is going to be really bad. That this show is going to be really bad. Really? Yeah, I'm scared that this show is going to be really bad. What, what? I'm hoping that it's going to be really good because I love Oscar Isaac. Yeah. One of those few Latino leading men that we have in hollywood so i'm gonna back him on everything okay him and pedro pascal are my boys yeah um 
I hope it's really good. I hope to God it's really good. <laughs> I think it can only be good, really good, because okay, it's tackling a huge topic in 2022 that is mental health. And I feel like if you miss on that, you, you cannot recover. You won't recover. Yeah, you can't fuck it up. Yeah. Um, but what does make me optimistic is that you're setting up a new character and you have a whole six. I'm, a, I'm guessing that it's going to be six episodes. You have six hours to do it. And, you know, they managed to do it with Kate Bishop and in the in the Hawkeye show. So I think that I think it can be done. Can they just suck it up and make 10 episodes? They need it. Like, let's not pretend <laughs> that they don't like every single one of those shows is rushed at the end. And there are so many like that's so true. Let's just introduce let's introduce a pivotal character uh, in the second in the to last episode, episode and uh-huh. then never give him any time and then somehow get rid of him immediately like come on that's a very good point so do you think maybe that's exactly what's going to happen here in the moon knights i think the moon knights uh i think he might come across uh someone we might be talking about later in this movie uh eternal too and possibly the other guy that this guy runs into at the end of the movie anyway Last I one. think so too. Lord of the Rings. Haven't you ever wondered what else is out there? There's wonders in this world beyond our wandering. I think it's going to be really bad. I agree that it's going to be really bad. And here's my reasoning why. I think it falls into my lifelong proven theory. It's not a theory at this point. It's a fact because it's proven (laughs) that if you start advertising for shows seven months before they come out, it's not. You have no hope. You're just trying to, to push it into people's faces down their throats. All right. Really bad. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, we got a long time. September. My reasoning is these are characters. Yes, that they are. Nobody cares about. Oh, that too. These are characters nobody cares about. Nobody knows. Where are they pulling these from? I'm not a Lord of the Rings expert here, but I'm guessing they're coming from the Silmarillion or something, which is... I'm not an expert, but let me just pull out this name that no one's ever heard of. (laughs) (laughs) nice well it's so the Silmarillion is a book well it's more like a collection of stories written by J.R.R. Tolkien that is uh very dense and very boring it's like a 
just a bunch of fucking documents that people, I think, posthumously put together. So who knows if this is going to be any good? I personally think it's going to be really bad. But I'm going to watch it anyways. I will watch this one. Mm-mm. I won't. You're going to you're going to pass? Yeah. I'll probably have something better. Here's the thing though. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Amazon just also released The Wheel of Time and that show was shot like a CW show set in the Lord of the Rings universe and it just looks like shit. So that's scary considering it's the same it's coming from Amazon still. So but Jeff Bezos has all the money he wants, and he's a huge fucking nerd. So maybe it'll be good. Who the fuck knows? Really bad. I'm guessing really bad. <laughs> I'm guessing it's going to be really I bad. Don't think, yeah, it's going to be bad. But way you talk yourself into it. I'm sure Bezos, uh, with all that money he has, I think he's focused on other things. Yeah, fuck Jeff Bezos. Unless you want to add us to your podcast network, Jeff Bezos, in which case... <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, man. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. Amazon's the best. Sign up for Amazon Prime right now. <laughs> I'm thinking about going bald because I think it looks so good on him. It really does. I mean, think about all the all the people that it looks fantastic on. John. I can only think of Vin one. Diesel. Oh, two, three. The okay, Rock. well, I'll give you some more examples. The Rock. Yeah. yeah. Jason Statham. Yeah. George Costanza. <laughs> The list goes on and on. Is that bald or cul-de-sac, though? It's probably... I guess you're right. I guess it's cul-de-sac. But uh, other people would call him bald. Okay. It's up for debate. It's yeah. an arguable point. Yeah. Um, Tyrese Gibson. Mm-hmm. Paul Shear. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Keep going. I, you know, when I think Michael about people Jordan. that changed the bald game, I think about Michael Jordan and Jeff Eddie Bezos. Abramson. Neck to neck. Yeah. Celebrity <laughs> shout out. <laughs> um <laughs> should we get into the movie i feel like we're we're trying you to put it talk off. about what yeah. we're watching uh about, <laughs> do you like... want to talk about maybe what we're watching this week because i wrote a whole rant about euphoria <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i can we're... save it for next time yeah we'll save, I it, can for save later. it for next time yeah, we don't need don't worry or, about it. stay know... tuned guys because i'm going to keep watching euphoria and i've got thoughts i've got a lot of thoughts about euphoria we'll talk about them later Let's get into the movie we're talking about today. Yeah. You know, that whole cold open, John, that experiment felt like it was going to go on forever. It felt like it was going to be something eternal. Oh, thank God it wasn't. Well, thank God this movie Eternals is not eternal, right? I'll tell you what. It felt like it was going to be fucking eternal. Should I say thank God or thank Erishan? Typically, we like sort of give a broad, very broad synopsis because that's what the internet likes to do in their synopsis, synopsi, synopsis. Here we go. We're going to try something else again that's kind of new. Uh, we're going to sort of go through and give you what we're going to call the real rundown. Otherwise, if we don't do that and we go how we normally do, we might be here for five hours. So for hours, I don't think anyone wants that. So here we go. The old real rundown. 
In 5000 BC, a group of 10 immortal individuals known as Eternals descend upon Earth to protect humanity from the Deviants, a mission given to the Eternals from the Prime Celestial, Erishim. Throughout the centuries, the Eternals continue to relocate to other growing civilizations and defend them from the Deviants, although they are barred by Erishim from interfering with human conflicts to allow them to evolve naturally. When the Eternals meet in 1521, after killing all of the Deviants, Thena, Angelina Jolie, has a spaz out known as Mad Weary, which can be controlled by Gilgamesh, uh, who is Don Lee. The prime eternal Ajax, Selma Hayek, offers to cure Thena's affliction at the cost of her memories, but Gilgamesh volunteers to look over, conceding with the possibility that she may have to be killed if she turns again. Druig, Barry Kyogen, Kyogen? Frustrated with how the Eternals have been abstaining from human affairs, uh, deserts them to end the Spanish conflict himself with the Deviants seemingly eradicated, Ajax releases the Eternals to go on their own ways. In the year since, Icarus, who is, what's his name? Richard Madden, uh, would abandon Cersei, who's Gemma-chan, as the other Eternals await their return to Olympia. Now in the present day London, Sprite, who Leah McHugh, lives with Cersei as she works as a museum curator with a romantic interest in her colleague, Dane Whitman, who is Kit Harrington. One night, Cersei, Sprite, Whitman leave a party attacked by Deviants. Deviants are back. They're joined by Icarus as they fight to eradicate the beast, but they recover that it is able to heal itself. That's a plot twist. As Whitman is left behind, literally left behind. I think that is a, a great word for that. Cersei, Sprite, and Icarus decide again. to... <laughs> yeah, never seen again. Decide to leave for South Dakota in search of Ajax. Ajax dead uh, because uh, Icarus is quick to blame the Deviant attack. Then they're actually attacked by deviants, and as Cersei mourns over the cadaver of their leader, Ajax passes on the sphere as she uses to communicate with Erishim. The three of them decide to get the band back together. So they go get Kingo Kumail Nanjiani, who is now a Bollywood star, and his valet Karun Patel, Harish Patel, who also tags along to film the documentary. The group locates Gilgamesh and Thena in Australia and counter another uh, Thena Madweary attack due to a recent Deviant attack. After examining Thena's artwork she had painted during one of her episodes, which visualized memories of planetary destruction in the past, Cersei uses the sphere successfully established the connection to Erishim. The Prime Celestial reveals to Cersei that Olympia does not actually exist. Instead, he had engineered the Eternals in the World Forge. He had also created the Deviants to eradicate Earth's apex predators to allow intelligent life to thrive, but a critical design flaw led them to evolve and become predators themselves. Whew. Man. So the Eternals were deployed onto Earth to protect the humans, <laughs> unaware that they were also defending a seed that would spawn the new celestial Tiamat, the communicator, once the population quota of intelligent life was achieved. When that happens, the emergence would commence, resulting in the destruction of the planet and the birth of said celestial, which would allow for new life and galaxies to form. Afterwards, the memories of the Eternals would be taken from them and studied by Erisham to make way for their next planetary mission. Appalled with the true meaning of their existence, Cersei informs the others. Together, they realize that Thena's mental affliction was the result of a botched memory wipe after a previous emergence. Hoping to delay the emergence, they find Druig in an Amazon village in hopes that he could be the one to utilize his telepathy to render Tiamat the communicator dormant, but he's hesitant to help them. They get ambushed, and Cersei uses her powers to transmute a deviant into a tree, which surprises everybody. 
Trying to protect Thena, who has become useless in battle because of her Mad Weary, Gil Gilgamesh gets killed and his powers become absorbed by the Prime Deviant, who like levels up into like a smart person now. <laughs> yeah, becomes an actual person. <laughs> yeah, now he's like a person. Druid proclaims that he's not powerful enough to affect the Celestial, so they head to Chicago to seek out Fastest, which is played by uh, Brian Tyree Henry, and hoping that he can help them build some stuff. I don't know. Heading to Iraq, they retrieve the... Why are they heading to Iraq? <laughs> Anyways, they go to Iraq, they retrieve the Domo from an archaeological site. The Domo is their spaceship, and they find that Makari has been hanging out in there for generations or something. As they are all imbued with infinite cosmic energy, Fastos proposes that they channel their energy into Druig and form a unimind so that he can take oh. control of the Celestial and stop the emergence in its tracks. And Icarus boy. hates the plan, and we get a flashback of his last encounter with Ajax, where they disagree on the future of the Eternals, and so Icarus literally throws her to the dogs. Knew in this that. case, they were deviants. Something about that. Fastos yeah. ends up creating these super cool bracelets from Cersei's Golden Snitch Communicator. Hell yeah. Um, that like connects them all or something. And then Kingo dips out after preaching the importance of family, which makes no sense because if he cared about his family, he would fight alongside them. And so then we head into battle where Icarus and Sprite try to protect Arison by attacking their own friends. Why did Ic why did Sprite decide to go with Icarus? She loves That's him. Up for debate, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess she likes him, even though she's a little baby child. Icarus is eventually grounded by a fastest energy chain and rope, which looked pretty cool. It did. Athena gets her powers back somehow and defeats the Prime Deviant. And the rest of the Eternals, led by Cersei, unite their energy to stop the Celestial because Cersei is able to freeze its growth. And that's pretty much the movie right and then you get a second movie after the movie's done yes two weeks later in south dakota thena makari and druig depart for space on the domo which has been repaired by fastos in search for more eternals back in london sprite bids goodbye to cersei as she moves out with kingo to attend school because she has now been turned into a real girl Oh. And uh, Cersei is out on another date with Whitman, who she remembered was around uh, when Arisham dramatically appears outside of the Earth's orbit. And uh, because they had sabotaged Tiamat's emergence, he, had, he abducts the remaining Eternals, Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo, to evaluate their memories for a final judgment on the human race. Mm. to see whether he's going to mm. spare them or not. Mm. So once again, she abandons her boyfriend. Um, Whitman later returns to the museum and opens a case that contains an ancient enchanted sword that once belonged to his ancestors when he is pulled away by a voice. <gasps> the Eternals on the Domo find out about Arisham's kidnapping several days later when their allies fail to respond. Suddenly, Eros, a.k.a. Harry Styles, Mm. Thanos' brother and his troll companion, Pip, played by, I believe it was Patton Oswalt, yeah. teleport onto the Eternal's ship and tell them that he knows how to find their allies. So, Incredible. cliffhanger. Great teamwork. Wow. We did it. We'll what probably a, have to cut a that film. down. A little bit. What, <laughs> uh, well, the movie... Also, probably should have been cut down just a little bit. So. Hey, if they if that ain't a story, um, so yeah. Uh, Do you have any idea what we just said, John? No, 
I feel like I just blacked out. Yeah, that's how I felt. And I thought that I was talking for an hour, which I probably was, but I felt like I also was only 20 minutes into the movie. Um, <laughs> so you're probably wondering why we're talking about this movie today. Um, well, that's because um, this movie received a 47% critic score, a 78% audience score, uh, which is, if you can do the math, a th- over 20%. I I can't do the math. That's right. <laughs> My brain failed on me there. Uh, the director? It's about 31%, John. Bingo, thick. bingo, bongo on, on the nose. Um, Chloe Zhao uh, directed this one, uh, which is interesting because she's really only done like a couple movies before this she was known for nomadland like right before this one rightfully so some awards for that yeah kudos i hate that movie cool say more (laughs) (laughs) so it's funny because when i first saw these trailers and heard that chloe Zhao was gonna direct this movie i had a lot of mixed thoughts you had thoughts you had opinions like euphoria as usual like yeah. like you do um i was very excited because kumiana Jani was cast as a superhero i've been following him for a long time he's one of my favorite podcasters comedians so i was stoked but also i had just watched nomadland her previous film and i found it to be very um slow difficult to become engaged with and overall boring I thought it was beautifully shot, though. She does have an eye for cinematography, um, but I did not find the movie entertaining. So I wasn't expecting this to be great, especially because that film follows one person the whole damn time. This film follows how many (laughs) fucking heroes? 30 heroes? So I was not expecting this to be really all that great. Did, where did you see this movie, John? Did you go see this in theater? Were you excited to see this? So I saw all two hours and 37 minutes of this movie in theaters, actually. I um... <laughs> The way you said that made it sound like a humble brag. Like, yeah. believe it or not, I Believe watched... it or not, I, I risked my entire life to watch this movie. And boy, do I wish I died. Um <laughs> I actually went to go see it with your brother, believe it or not. We went, uh, I think, over Thanksgiving, the two of us. And, um, you know, I guess, like, my my first thoughts and reactions, uh, I was a little bit hesitant going in because I'd heard so many mixed reviews. I had heard the movie was bad. I'd heard the movie was good. But I honestly, uh, going in, like most people I usually look up on Rotten Tomatoes or something like what the score is before I go to a movie. Cause I'm not going to go like pay 20 bucks, to go watch a terrible movie. You know what I mean? So I kind of want to know but at John, least... who do you, who do you trust? Neither. So I usually, I honestly look to see an audience score because I think, you know, and we were actually just talking about this, feel like lately there's been uh, a lot more like drastic change between audience and critic 
Um, but I usually try and go like, if there's a middle ground, like if audience and like, let's say audience score is a 30 and a critic score is a 45, probably not going to go pay to see that movie. Uh, cause I would. Okay. Well, they're both below 50. So yeah. If a movie <laughs> is like a 65 average or higher, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. But, um, gotcha more and more now movies are getting this like wide uh variety uh more than they used to where like a high critic score movie will get a very low audience score and a high uh audience score will get a very low critic score probably a lot of reasons for that one is that i feel like i don't have the numbers in front of me but a lot of uh critics are probably skew older and maybe more out of touch with what resonates with younger uh, people and like audiences today and meeting them where they are. Um, and I think that audiences just don't really care about Oscar Bay cinematic nuances. Cinema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know what they like yeah. and they want what they like and that's fine. I'm going to go see Spider-Man no way home. I'm not going to go watch the last duel in theater. No. You know? Yeah. It doesn't tickle my fancy, especially now when you're making a movie that you want in theaters, you're competing with, these no way homes like you you need to make a really good movie because there are so many different options for people to take in movies nowadays like why would i go mm-hmm. see the last duel damn that's two and a half hours looks boring as hell i can watch that over the course of two days and fall asleep in the middle like that's at that's home what at I home do. I, I don't at like home. you have to encourage me to leave my couch now right and it, you're not doing it with a no but you're doing it with dune you know which is also i watched on my couch yeah i mean i did too but it's also but it's only because it came out during the pandemic like so did eternals that's true i did go see that in theaters though so anyway first reaction for this one i uh i remember like hearing that like mcu fans were like oh this movie sucks um i don't assume that's how mcu fans talk i i don't talk like that at least i you and i I don't talk like that Yeah. yeah But I feel like it's tough because MCU movies now and forever will be judged on like the end game scale. Like if it was that good, did it make me cry? Mm -hmm. Like, was I super invested and engaged in these characters? And I don't think that's fair because people got to meet and learn about these characters over years, much more invested. That was an incredible story, like in a great way to wrap it up. So I don't think it's fair to have those kind of expectations for every movie that comes out by Marvel, because then your expectations will never be yeah. exceeded, except in the case of well, it, No Way Home. I think but. it's because also like Endgame doesn't stand alone. Right. Like you said, like Endgame is a result of a franchise of films. Um, so you can't compare a movie that doesn't have that same history, that doesn't have that same cinematic experience attached to it yeah i agree i will also say john that this is officially the lowest rated marvel movie of all time all marvel movies like or mcu movies of mcu movies okay movies okay because i'm sure the hulk one of those is probably terrible that's include well not the eric banna the eric banna hulk is not a part of yeah the mcu right but the edward norton hulk is Oh, he's he's canon. But the Eric Bana one was really bad. Oh, yeah. And it was like three hours long, too. Yeah, <laughs> it was really bad. Much like this movie. So 
Wait, Fantastic Four? Is that MCU? Those no, no, those okay. are Sony films. Those are those are back when yeah, Sony owned them. But we might see the Fantastic Four here. Yeah, I heard maybe Jesus we Christ. might see Reed Richards in uh, Multiverse of Madness. If we don't, we just gotta stop talking about him. He's not oh, God. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Um so we're not gonna break this movie down like we like the way we have in the past. No, you know, we like just the real did critic it. rundown. Normally we we just talk through the film. Yeah, we talk about characters as we criticize uh, things that stand out to us. But like John said, if we had tackled this movie like this, we would be talking for hours. So let's just take it easy now, John. You know, we got the whole film ahead of us. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the cold open? Yeah, dude. This movie actually had a cold open, which is... I guess not like super rare for Marvel movies, but did take me a bit off. We got the Star Wars credits that came down, which yeah, I laughed when that weird. happened. Well, and this is when I remember watching this movie and I saw the scroll that had to explain something about the movie. I was like, oh, my God. So they they don't have enough time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I turned to my sister and I was like, this is not a good sign. <laughs> this is immediately not a good sign and it wasn't even like a star wars level length i'm looking at it right now john it's three paragraphs oh, granted they're each like maybe two sentences long but yeah it's too long and i'll tell you this here's the worst part unnecessary yeah. in fact i don't think that anything that happens in the first 20 minutes is necessary i think you could start the movie in that fight scene in Babylon and use that as your cold open because in that scene, we already learn about the characters. We already learn about what their powers are. The scene immediately transitions to Salma Hayek talking to Arisham. We get the gist that they were sent here by him, that they're here to fight the deviants, etc. There was no need for the scroll. We didn't need to read any of that. No. So, like, already the movie is redundant and boring. (laughs) I don't think the movie is uh, boring yet. So I thought sort of the first 30 minutes of the movie was pretty, pretty cool. I thought I enjoyed seeing Ajak, who is Selma Hayek, sort of the leader in the beginning. You get this clue right off the bat that these are not actual people or human like i know they're not human but she sort of wakes them up like if you're watching like when you watch alien and they wake up everyone who's on board so from that moment you're sort of clued into this hint that something is different about these like they're not they're being attached and detached by this i I agree i agree however i think that that point could have carried more weight used in a flashback later after you learn about Salma Hayek's death you cut back to her waking them up so that you're like oh shit she was like a mother figure to these characters you know I just think that this movie is messy I think there's a really good movie here I feel like you could re-edit this movie you just move some shit around (laughs) yeah like just take this, put it over here, take this, put it over here. And you could have a much more cohesive and engaging film. But yeah. the movie as it stands right now, 
follows this weird formula of like action scene. We're moving, we're moving, we're moving. Stop. Wait, before you get into the flashbacks, because thinking about flashbacks is giving me flashbacks. I wanted to talk about one more thing in the beginning that I actually really liked that a lot of superhero movies don't do well. And that was, you talked about it, introducing the characters in some sort of battle, like introducing their value in the battle. Because the team, one of, yeah. yeah, one of my least favorite things is when you're learning about people's characteristics or abilities in like the pre-mission huddle where they're around the computer and they're like, all right, all right, Johnson, you're the guy you need to go over there and hack that thing. Yeah. And, and, and you, Frederick you- and bomber, <laughs> you're in touch of explosives. All right. Uh-huh. So exactly. I, I did like that anyway. Yes. Let's get back to where this movie sort of loses track of itself because it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Well, yeah. Like the thing that this movie does, it's, it's, well, I'll say this. I think that the biggest failure of this movie is that it doesn't feel urgent. And the fact Nothing that it does, cuts yeah. back and forth over and over again just makes it even worse. Like the, it makes the placing sluggish. It makes it aimless. They don't establish a clear goal for any of the characters early in the film. And the one that they do establish, oh, the deviant is resolved pretty quickly Right. And then when they introduce this new deviant, they throw him away in the third act as if he doesn't really matter. So there's no real stakes for the characters either. There there's like there's no sense of urgency whatsoever. And I think that's clear because you meet them in 5000 B.C., but then the next time you meet them is in 1512, like a lot of time happened Mm -hmm. i'm not i couldn't even do 31 so i'm not going to try and do that math but the i will say like they do sort of in that like post spanish inquisition like whatever that war was 1512 they do sort of hit on some of the characters needs and wants so like we learn pretty quickly sprite just wants to be an adult like she's tired of being the kid that's kicked around. We learn Fastos is like he's actually really eager about creating technology for the humans, which he, you know, we we see that come full circle. Uh, Druig is someone that like is an, an empath for humans and like, you know, doesn't yeah, want to yeah. see them fight. And, you know, so we start to see some of them, but not all of them. Yeah. So like the movie attempts to create you know motivation and stuff for these characters but they also flip-flop on it a lot oh yeah which is why it doesn't make sense to me fastos is like i don't want to create more war you know for the humans and so he goes into isolation and he wants to to live with his any and he grows up and he has a family now right right and then when they go ask him to fight for them he goes i don't want to fight because of my family bro your family lives on earth and the earth is about to be destroyed so like do you do you not care about your family now either you know what i mean like so you're not willing to fight for your family even though you just said you're willing to fight for your family and then kingo he he's got the most relationship with humanity out of all of these characters really other than fastos he's got a family but like kingo 
has been in the in the Bollywood industry for generations. His best friend is his valet, who he literally brings with him. He's literally attached the human to the hip. And then he just walks out of the movie because he doesn't believe in fighting against his quote unquote brother, who we have spent no real time establishing a relationship with Icarus. And I'm just like confused. I was just confused the whole time. Things are just happening on screen. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And just like the movie, we're like jumping back and forth. But things I want to hit on in Act One. So uh, every new Marvel movie ha- now has to have some kind of excuse, right? Like, where were these people during the attack of Thanos? Like, what was going on? What did you think about this movie's excuse of like, we were instructed to not interfere unless deviants were involved it's bullshit it's bullshit i'll tell you why because thanos wanted to wipe out half of humanity and so if he had succeeded he would have actually been interfering in the celestials plot to get humanity to a certain level of population so that the celestial could be born a thousand percent agree so like what the fuck are you talking about then you should have been there to fight they would have been set back Mm-hmm. so far they would have immediately been fighting that like yeah. that's their goal of them yeah. of ajax crew is to fight thanos right so fuck that that's <laughs> stupid this is why i don't think the celestials should have been a part of this plot at all yeah just a like, deviant i think maybe they should have let some like set some groundwork for mm-hmm. the celestial to be the plot in the next eternals movie but for me I think it should have focused on fighting this deviant because the deviant was the only real threat to the Eternals was the only one that's killed two of them, you know? Uh, And it was the, and it was the only thing that was making them go from place A to B before they learn that, uh, you know, Tiamat is going to be born in the third act. So like the deviants killing two people, interesting that they somehow became so overpowered like we're not really given a reason why those deviants weren't killed, even though the Eternals thought they killed everyone, and why this one is so much stronger than the rest that they faced. I also wanted to know, so you mentioned how it killed two of them. There's a mention more than once that it sh- that's the first time an Eternal's been killed in 7,000 years. Who do you think the other one is? Are you, do you think because they mentioned oh, it a few times? Do you think there's uh well I think there's um hundreds of eternals, right? So we move into so we have a sub-ish plot. I'm not sure if it is a subplot either, of Cersei and Icarus's love story. Did you feel yeah. any love in their love story? None. Did you see any charisma between these actors? No. Or any any reason why they fell in love other than it being Icarus, Icarus being told by Ajax, go ahead and pursue her. You know, you you deserve to have a life too. You know, you want like wait, to. what? Am, I had no idea he liked her. No, they don't even seem like they have anything in common. He doesn't give a fuck about humans. No, and, and apparently she loves humans. <laughs> so I didn't really think too much about this. And this is the pro. Like this is another problem with this movie. It's uh. It's too ambitious. My professor in college used to say this when he was trying not to be mean when he'd read a piece of shit script. <laughs> so all of yours, yeah. What did he say? So yeah, all of mine. So he would say, um, it's ambitious. And I think that term really applies here because this movie wanted to be 
an artsy fartsy Chloe Zhao film with mm. beautiful it was beautiful landscape. It was beautiful with these super cinematic landscape shots. And, and, and it's set in all of these different places and they're all shot really well. And it also wanted to be a love story between Cersei and Icarus, right? And it also wanted to be a superhero Marvel movie with uh, a, a quippy hero like Kingo. It wanted to have lgbtq representation it wanted to you know also be a cgi fight fest it wanted to be all, and it wanted to add to the canon it wanted to be all of these fucking things but it really didn't accomplish one of them yeah you mentioned ambitious is what your professor called it sometimes when people that watch sports there's like a player that's referred to as really good at everything but not great at any one thing and that's kind of what this movie was like it was good at a lot of Mm -hmm. things but it really didn't like when you again when you compare mcu movies to each other like they do excel in certain areas um so we start to get into the second act you know we're starting to get the band back together uh ajax dead all this stuff we then learn about this thing that seems so important and is going to give us all the answers we need. The mad weary. Is that what you got out of that? What? That it was going to give us all of the answers, that it was going to be really important. So this this kind of goes into, I wanted to talk a little bit more about it. You brought it up earlier. So the mad weary. <clears throat> is this thing that we learn from in a flashback as we do everything in this movie, we learn of it from a flashback that is about 10 to 15 minutes longer than it could be. Um, and could just be referenced like straight up, not in a flashback, like, Oh dang, you've got some mad weary girl. What's up? Um, what's that? Oh, well, mad weary is and blah, then, blah, blah, blah. anyway, mad weary is when, uh, the weight of the eternal's memories, uh, cause so much pressure that their minds start to fracture essentially is what happened to Angelina Jolie. Um, and the way they set it up is that, man, this is really dangerous, but she starts to see visions when this happens. She starts to say things that maybe were happening from other times and like, what's up with that? Um, None of that comes to fruition. She does do a nice like oil crayon uh, art of a celestial, but that's about, that's about (laughs) all we get. Yeah. Yeah, That's about all we got. So my thoughts on mad weary and just like mad weary, but like all of the other, subplots that never became actual subplots or moved anything forward only exclusively in flashbacks i felt like it came out of nowhere i felt like mad weary just kind of showed up in the middle of the movie not even in the middle of the movie, like 40 minutes into the movie just to give angelina jolie's character trauma something to do and to and but also to separate her from the from the story that the movie was actually trying to tell yeah um but i think that you could have used mad weary as a solid subplot you know not even a subplot to like move the plot forward if angelina jolie's character is the only one that has remnants of her memories from past uh what do they call it 
emergences yeah then why aren't we using that like as clues for the other eternals mm-hmm. to learn of something coming right, right. yeah like expose it instead or something yeah not even it, expose erisham yeah as like being a destroyer of worlds yeah and they're like holy fuck we've been worshiping this guy and doing everything that he wants you know instead we learn we learn of it because uh a little ball flies into uh cersei's chest and it we're explicitly told explicitly told that that is what he wants to do yeah you're like what the fuck there's like other more engaging ways for us to get that story out so the other ones that come up we had mad weary we have sprite uh and her love for icarus which feels forced on everyone just so that at the end of the movie she can literally backstab her yes and then we have that's another thing backstabbing i'm glad you said that so the eternals can take lasers from icarus's eyes they can get pummeled by each other oh yeah they can that scene in the desert (laughs) <laughs> baby first sex scene in marvel Whoa. <laughs> is that what you said when you saw it yeah that's what i that's what i said too. Like and that. then i pulled my pants back up oh nice uh, <laughs> <laughs> you put the tub of popcorn right on right in the middle of your shorts <laughs> oh god yeah but, but but that pissed me off because i'm like wait so they can get stabbed and they can get hit in the hit in the head with a rock from the behind but like they can take lasers, mm-hmm. they can fly through rocks, and that doesn't hurt them. So I was just like, it's weird what mm-hmm. hurts them and what doesn't. There's no rules here. Yeah, I mean, this movie, this movie has no rules, just right, baby. It's an Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, movie. yeah. Outback Steakhouse, uh, not a sponsor of the show. But if they wanted to pay for some stuff, right, let us I'll know. I'll wear a hat, I'll wear a t-shirt. You tell me what to do. F it. I'll talk in an Australian accent. If you're paying, I'll yeah, do it. Go outback tonight, baby. <laughs> a little shrimp on the bobby <laughs> another one is icarus wanting to be uh the leader of the eternals i think was tr- sub- trying to be a, a subplot motivator at least for icarus that never really like comes to fruition everyone's just like shits on him like mm-hmm. you could need to lead us to do this like blah 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 and he's just like mm. for what it's worth i love that scene it's one of the few scenes in the movies I'm in like, this is fucking, su- this is great. Getting character moments. Yeah, this is working. Yeah, that was really working for Banter. me. I love all scenes like that yeah. in Marvel movies. That's always where Marvel movies excel. Like that scene in Ultron where they're all drinking together. I always remember that yeah. scene. And they like fuck around picking up Thor's hammer. They're just so mm-hmm. fucking rich in character that I'm like, this is why I want to see these movies. I want to see these characters interacting with each other. You know, like, I don't give a fuck about CGI fights. You know, the part that hits me the most in the CGI fight is when they all stand together in that hero pose, you know? Like, that's where the fucking crescendo starts. Um, This movie didn't Mm -hmm. really have that, except for in these small scenes. It's very small. The other one that was forced on us was the Deviant's true purpose which we sort of get into uh in act two which is what sean what is their true purpose well it was interesting because it came when the prime deviant i don't remember his name absorbs gilgamesh which was honestly like i think we were supposed to feel sad but 
we literally had known Gilgamesh for a total of five minutes on screen. So I didn't feel sad. I honestly felt sad for Gilgamesh that Thena was completely useless in all kinds of battle because I guess she was scared to help at this mm-hmm. point. Your question around I'm dancing around the deviant's purpose is uh, I can't I can't answer it. I don't know what it is. I either. don't. They supposedly, I guess, were the first attempt at an eternal. But if they were the first attempt at an eternal, whose who's, uh, purpose is to kill deviants who are backfiring because they're killing people, then who would the deviants have been deployed to kill if no one else was killing? It's like, why deploy deviants to help grow the population right. at all? Were the deviants supposed to help the people not die because then there'd be more of them? And then they were like, I'm going to kill you now. Or did the deviants turn against Erisham when they figured out what he wanted? And that's why they kill people to stop so them. So they're from... the good guys. I was kind of getting that vibe that they're really not that bad. That they have more in common mm. with the Eternals than they know. And wouldn't that have been a thought? Hmm. Wouldn't that have been fun to explore? Wow, my enemy really isn't as different from me as I previously thought. Mm. It's an engaging Mm. thought. Hmm. If only, right? Instead, we decided to make uh, the Earth an egg with a massive celestial in the middle of it that's just going to pop out. Just exploding (laughs) out. It's gonna fucking pop out of there, bro. Like, the how fuck? did that thing fit in the earth? <laughs> I That's don't know. I just know. and just his little hand starts to come out. His little hand, his yeah. massive hand starts to come out. His big ass hand, bigger than the earth. That itself. has to be I don't fucking know with the earth's gravitational pull. Like the earth is no longer rotating the way yeah. it used to because it has fucking five mm-hmm. digits coming out of it. Do you think? bezos musk whatever had some kind of inside intel on this and they were out. you know what i think john i think that musk is a deviant <laughs> no he's not i think musk and bezos i think they're all deviants and they're out to get us they're out to exploit us yeah yeah i don't know i don't okay buy it. so we get it <laughs> if anything well if they were a deviant wouldn't they want to help us i'm not sure what the deviants want john i was highfalutin making shit up i'm do the deviants not want you to pee while you're working because that's what jeff bezos wants (laughs) yeah right no breaks (laughs) (laughs) so honestly we get into like the last act and for anyone that's watched any marvel movie you know the last act is the battle um so we get this and you know when we get into this scene like this last little bit of the movie you know what i couldn't stop thinking i'll tell you i couldn't stop thinking that this was honestly an avengers movie erishim is thanos 2.0 he's like very absolute i'm gonna kill humans because or like whatever because i don't care and i'm doing it for the betterment of me and my and my interests but i'm gonna wipe them out um and then you get the eternals who are unified by this singular like 
force that brings them all together in this movie, the Unimon in the Avengers, it's Tony's uh, power cell that he uses, which makes them super powered and able to take down, you know, whatever creatures they're facing. The creatures in the first Avengers movie that they go against, like the non-human type weird looking things, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The worm in the sky. Uh, Very similar. The Chitauri. To this movie where these are very, yeah, very like weird creatures that we don't really know anything about. The only difference That's pretty is much what I got from this that movie. That we didn't spend any time learning about these characters. The reason that Avengers right. works is that yeah. they each had their own dedicated film, so you didn't need to spend the time doing that during the Avengers, right? Exactly. And people who were introduced in the Avengers, they were introduced like very minor. Mm-hmm. And then they got their then they got their own and then by the fifth one, you're you know who they are. Absolutely. So like, you know what I mean? That's so. why to me this movie felt like a fucking DC movie because that's always the mistake yeah. that DC makes. They try to stuff a bunch of characters into their movies and you don't have any time to get to know, care or worry about them. You know, the stakes don't matter because if they die, you don't give a fuck. John, I did a little bit of research while you were speaking here and this is how what erisham says about the deviants this is what he tells cersei Mm -hmm. quote i created the deviants cersei for the same purpose i created you every celestial host planet has its own predators i sent the deviants to exterminate them so that intelligent life can grow but there was a flaw in their design they evolved and became predators themselves so then he sent the Eternals to eradicate the Deviants. So basically, Arishim just like introduced an apex predator. And I, for, I almost forgot about this. But now that I'm saying it out loud, they, they the do Cersei this. teaching the predator. Yeah, first. and I hate that fucking trope so much of like the classroom exposition dump where it's just like coincidentally, they're talking about exactly what's going to happen in the movie. Like in Harry Potter, when they're yeah. like, oh, today we're learning yeah. about werewolves. Turn to page 394. And you're like, oh, I wonder if werewolves are going to yeah. be in this movie. Or in The Happening. You know, while you were saying that, the only thing that I was thinking about, I I tuned out after you said uh, he created the Deviants because all I could think about was, you created the Deviants, but I was merely born amongst them. <laughs> That was my Bane. Bane? <laughs> yeah. I was born amongst them. <laughs> yes. How sweet was that? Yes. That little been Bane fun. cameo as, as a, a You know, you bring up a good point. Um, is there anything in this movie that you find quotable? Is there a line that sticks out to you as memorable? And it's delivery. Like, there's no earworms in this movie. Hmm. Maybe Kumail, Kumail might have a few just because Kumail is the most charismatic thing in this movie. The line that he said about, like, not turning on family, where he's like, no, you never turn on family. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he left. And then he turns on his family. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was quotable. That. <sighs> yeah. Kumail, for what it's worth, Why, is a Do you have a quote of... that you take away from No, this? I don't. That's what, That was my point. Like, no. there isn't one. Why even include Mad Weary? Stupid. Yeah, let's get into, like, some of these final character arcs. Like, Thena was useless. Sprite. Okay, so. I guess 
but yeah, let's talk about. Yeah, this let's go through the useless meter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the problem with this movie is too many heroes, right? You don't need yeah. all of them. Druig and Makari are briefly in this film. They're barely there. Yeah, there's no reason given yeah. to us why Makari has been holed up inside the domo for so long. Mad Weary just exists basically to get Angelina Jolie and Gilgamesh out of the movie for a little bit of time. Kingo and Fastos don't really want to save the Earth, but they have the most to lose if the Earth is destroyed. So that doesn't make any sense. No. And then freaking Sprite over here is like that chick on that TLC show, Shauna Ray. Have you seen that? You know what I'm talking about? No. Is that like my 6,000 pound fiance or something? Basically, yeah. But it's about a 22 year old girl that looks physically eight years old. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's, yeah, it's sounds, real. Same That's concept. literally who Sprite yeah. is. <laughs> Except she's 5,000 yeah. and she just wants to get laid, but she can't because she looks eight years old. So, yeah, the characters suck. Um, I didn't feel like Gemma Chan and Richard Madden had too much. They had no chemistry for me to buy into their love story. Jon Snow and Gemma Chan had a lot more chemistry, but they just write him out of the movie. Yeah. Well, he he was definitely a product of of COVID Zoom. Oh, you think so? Half of his scenes were on an iPhone. Yeah, come on. Well, and I mean, he's like walking ahead of them too in that shot. I wonder if that was two imposed shots or something. Who knows? Maybe. And the other one is like him by himself in the post credits. Yeah. Um, And you don't even see Blade. No. All right. So the movie wraps up. I think I can make a minor case for Thena, though they don't really talk about it. Her arc is that she was the strongest warrior, the best warrior out of all of them who failed to protect them and failed to move anything forward and got her second chance by killing the deviant Sprite. Sprite gets Captain America. She's able to be a a woman now Mm -hmm. and uh, do as she please, you know, work it girl. Do you? I I prefer to say that uh, she got Pinocchio'd. But okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then Icarus, you know, you didn't like the Predator class at the beginning, but did you love that Icarus flew too close to the sun at the end? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. His character was just like, well, there's nothing left for me anymore. I'm just going to fucking better live out, <laughs> live out, and just go kill myself. Fucking cry me a river, Well, bro. you know the story of... Yeah, I'm aware of, of the, the god Greek. Icarus. They yeah. say it. They say it in the movie. Yeah. They say that Sprite made that story yeah. up. The boy who flew too close to the sun. He's like, what a dummy. His face, too, is like, oh, I here I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> but it's so hot. That's oh, so man. Let's let's talk uh, postcard scenes real quick. It's part of the oh, movie. Oh, okay. So first one, Blade. We're getting some swordsman stuff here. I'm stoked um, about this. Maybe that includes our guy from Hawkeye. I think it definitely includes some Moon Knight at some point. So we're just getting like a bunch of like rando sword guys together. Uh, and I'm pumped. Me too. I'm stoked. This is going to be awesome. I think Blade is the shit. I think you can make like a really good Blade movie. Just lean into like the campy horrorness of it too. You know, I love the original Blade movie. He definitely shows up in Moon Knight. Oh, dude, I hope so, man. 
like give me like a CD underground of the MCU, you know? Yeah. That's what I want to see. I'm in. And then the second one, Harry Styles, Pip. I this is good. This is so confusing to me. And like maybe a Marvel nerd out there that read about Eros will know more about this. But like I don't understand how they're how he's related to Thanos at all. He's a Titan, born on Titan. Why does he look so handsome? Uh, he must be the the god of ha- that the must god be a superpower. The god of handsome, yeah. I think it'll be cool. You know, we get a little crossover. I think he ties a couple other storylines together. If I'm not mistaken, his ability to like what looks like go through the multiverse, or at least uh, transport, yeah, will help bring those Eternals and hopefully give them more to do uh, because they were definitely it was Fastos. Was it? No, it was Druig, Makari, and Thea. Yeah. I you think know, our they, most compelling they can characters. definitely make some noise. Druig, Makari, yeah. and Thea. Yeah. Also, did Makari invent American Sign Language or what? Because she was signing in the Middle Ages. She was signing in ancient Babylon. She was just signing. And it's like, I, hmm. I love the inclusion of a deaf hero and all. But like, why are we putting her back in time? food for your thoughts but the end end the eternals will return do we want the eternals to? here's the thing yes i do give it to a different director give it to james gunn you know i think the eternals are going to return in guardians volume three mm, with arrows maybe. yeah i i want to see some of the eternals return i think the three that were taken by Arishim, like I think it would be really cool to see at some point Fastos and Shuri like making some stuff. Oh, fuck like, yeah, going to the lab. I want to see Kumail and Thor in the same. I want to see Kingo and Thor yep. in the same room after he was like mm-hmm. Thor used to follow me around when he was a kid. You know, like I want to yeah. see that. That'd I want to see Thor and Kingo, and I want to see Kingo with all the Guardians. I want to see like I think that putting them in space is going to make it way more interesting than their story on yep. earth. Um, because yep. yeah, I don't know. They're, they're cosmic heroes. They're not fucking ancient Babylonian. Bullshit. I mean, here. maybe Druig, yeah. can he control anybody else other than humans or what? I don't understand his powers. They're very convenient. All of their powers. As you mentioned, he's like fucking John wick with a shotgun too. Like his powers are <laughs> that he can like, <laughs> he can like fucking, control people but also just like flip in the air like shoot the shaka and he's just doing gunk foo it's crazy love it i have like so yeah. many random notes well, john that i took while i was watching this movie i don't know if any of them are worth as as mentioning they're just questions really like well let's hear it like final what does thoughts. druid do in a fight why do they all have different accents did Makari invent American Sign Language? Kumail has so much charisma. And then he says, life affords no greater that, duty that wasn't than to protect one's family. I literally, I right. literally wrote that dips. down. And then he dips. I also wrote it down because I was like, oh, that's a good, like, love that he's the Don Toretto yeah, of his crew yeah. holding it together. And then he's like, no, nah, you know what? F this. I'm out. Um, 
Yeah, I just I don't know. I have I have I was that so it? Many thoughts. Just those four? No, there's more, but they're not really what worth something... saying. No, read them all out. I like that you're reading them. Out. No, read it's them. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because then I started no, to get into like I hear. failures, too ambitious, too many heroes, no real goals, no urgency, pacing is sluggish. The movie could probably be cut down to focus on a few heroes, and it'd be a lot better. <laughs> well, right. That's why I want to see. <laughs> Some of the heroes return. Quote, unquote, the deviants are back, but nobody's in any rush to fight them. So we follow this as the supposed goal, but then we're sidelined by this celestial threat. And also every time that they go to meet somebody else, they just have to like sit down and have a conversation. And there's no rush to go get to that deviant before he kills somebody else. There's even Arisham is like the emergence is happening. But you're like, when? When? (laughs) Because... Cersei comes back and then they're like hanging out again and uh, fucking Icarus is in a car with the rest of them when he can like just zoom over to where they need to be. Like there's no rush at all. So, I mean, those are, those no. are my main complaints. I have a little thing to say in my final thoughts, but we can do it after the okay. critic reviews. Let's get into the critic reviews. Yeah, let's see. Let's let's see. What, let's see what other people thought uh, as a reminder. Uh, critic reviews, 47%, uh, you know, as a whole aggregate of critic reviews. Um, and generally, you know, we go through the critic reviews, the audience reviews, and we mentioned earlier, I think critics, what's not to say about them, honestly, I think they look for a lot more of the cinematic nuances in movies, less of what actually people like in movies. So this first one here, Cinema Faciandos. Did I no. say that right? Facionados. Cinema aficionados. Yeah, that's what I said. In two and a half rather long hours, the only thing I find is a is a boredom as infinite as the universe with the politically correct origin story <laughs> of these Marvel's Power Rangers. Uh, five out of ten. And what was interesting about this review, I pulled this one. There were a lot of critic reviews that made sure to point out that this was a diverse cast as if it took away from the movie. Did we even mention the fact that there are black people? Like who cares? <laughs> who fucking cares? And that was never ever mentioned. And like, I did not go through all 100,000 reviews, but in a majority of the ones I did go through of the audience reviews, not a single care, not a who fucking care. But there were, a ton of critic reviews that made sure to point it out as if it made the movie worse. That's so wild. I'm like, who cares that Fastos is in a Fastos so. has a gay husband and they're raising a kid together? Oh god, yeah. Whoa. Stop shoving things down my throat. <laughs> About like the actual failures of the fucking movie. Yeah, sorry that people try and uh replicate real life. Or, John, I think this know. is adding to your to your theory that like these critics are just old white men they're all just old <laughs> and like they're just disconnected from uh, uh from the reality of 2022 and what the people want you know it's not just the reality of 2022 it's just reality in general i think like you know if you go out of your way to point out that this is uh politically correct or diverse you know, what kind of world do you live in that is 
<laughs> not diverse. Are they the kind of people that are just like, man, I wish the days when I could go, I could just say the R word <laughs> and I could just, you know, like smack a bitch's ass and, and whistle, whistle at women across the street. Weren't those the days? Man, now I got to watch fucking gay black dudes in my superhero movies. And there's a deaf fucking flash girl. This sucks. This shit sucks. Like, what? Shut the fuck up, bro. What are you talking about? The movie sucks because it's fucking boring. Oh, man. Probably should have just done that one last. Um... This next one from Killer Killer Movie Reviews, uh, a philosophically dense film that stagnates under its own considerable weight as it dances through 7,000 years of world cultures while never quite finding its groove. True. It's that back and forth thing, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it doesn't find its footing because it's so concerned with like going back in time to explain something Mm -hmm. when really it didn't need to do that. Like it could have kept pace and kept moving forward with it, what it was trying to accomplish without having to feel like it needed to jump backwards. This is why I legitimately believe there's an edit of this movie that is better. It's got to exist probably somewhere yeah. um you know what let's do it the movies i'll take this theatrical let's cut ourselves. and i will cut something better mm-hmm. out of it no i'm not gonna do that that sounds like it's gonna take so much time and to be totally honest i don't want to see this movie again so what's <laughs> the next <laughs> that that person killer movie reviews gave it a two out of five and i would say so half of the critic reviews or i would say 30 percent talked about diversity 30 percent talked about source material like having way too much source material for what the movie accomplished this next one from the denver post gorgeous and vacant the eternals is the most numbing entry in the marvel's 13-year mcu franchise even as it struggles to be its weirdest and most philosophical Two out of four. People keep bringing the philosophical word up. Why do you think that is? Because they're critics. Because when you say philosophical, it makes you sound but like what it's is, a three three syllable world word. But what is philosophical, philosophical. about this movie? Philosophical. Am I am I dumb? Am I the dumb one here? I didn't find this movie philosophical at all. I think uh, oh, I don't think man. that philosophical is that big of a word, John. For what it's worth, but <laughs> it's bigger. It's more than three syllables. I, I hope people counted with me and got the joke as I did it. Again, what is philosophical about this movie? Why do, why do you think that critics keep using that word to describe this? You know, for me, mm. Mm. I don't find slow-paced movies inherently philosophical. I, I, maybe I'm missing something but, here. You are. What is it? You're missing the crux of the film. Which really breaks down, I think it's found in a lot of art, it's found in society, found in religion, is really this, this like uh, yin and yang, this like internal struggle of questioning faith, what you're told to believe, what, you know, has driven you and given you values for so many years, 7,000 in this case, years that you have like built your laurels on, 
You're being funny. And it just comes all crashing but down. But I think you're right. I when, think no, you're right. But like building your actually... laurels on something is not an expression I've heard in many years. But like, and then, you know, it comes all crashing down when you find out that the people that were driving your faith and telling you what to do are scumbags and really just doing it for themselves. And you're a pawn in their chess game. It's tough. I think you're right. I think you're right. See, and 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 just to defend where I was coming from, I feel like the movie is attempting to make that point, but it doesn't quite reach it. Uh, it I think it's a good question and and truly a philosophical question. But the emphasis that this film places on the question is questionable. Just let everyone simmer on yes, that for a sec. Exactly. You guys heard that. How's that for philosophical? You heard it. Anyway, so those are kind of we we can go on and on about how long the movie was and philosoph philosophically and um, our hard word diversity. It's a hard word. But uh, let's get into the audience reviews. So this first one, I tried to keep them verified reviews this time. You know, just to stay away from Angelina Jolie lovers or haters from Tomb Raider. Good call. You know what? And she does get a little bit. I will say she if you were to go from watching Laura Croft Tomb Raider in 2001 to this. Oh, dude, man. What a fucking step. Wow. She's incredible in this movie. We didn't didn't really talk about that. She is so good in this movie and she's giving almost nothing to do. It's yeah. Her performance is, is amazing. Her performance is amazing. It is like, okay, listen, listen, Mm -hmm. listen, Angie, Um, your character has a debilitating mental illness. You know, she keeps losing herself (laughs) in the past. Um, I just need I just need you to show me that trauma. And she's just like, I got it. (laughs) I got it. Here it comes. No problem. Done. Done. Anything else? I just think of Laura Croft Tomb Raider the whole time. (laughs) What could have been? (laughs) And wait, wait. And just to confirm, I don't have to wear clothes uh, that only cover 15% of my body. I can wear like normal clothes that normal people wear. Listen, 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 Angie, we're going to, we'll work with you. Um, we won't have you wearing skimpy clothing. However, and sorry, I fought back on this as, as much as I could. It does need to be skin tight. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a given with a slit up the side. So this first audience review from from our guy chris five stars i don't think anyone would fall asleep watching this movie it had a few twists and was action packed i enjoyed it very much and look forward to the next eternals movie i included this movie because i indeed fell asleep watching this movie in theaters when i when i know what you fell asleep in the movie theater i did what the fuck john who are you are you my mother? Are you Vilma Garcia Chow? <laughs> I might be. I might be. What? But uh, this movie, like I said, it starts off quick and then it oh. just comes to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a so I, I honestly, and you know, it's funny. Like I, I fell asleep for maybe like five minutes, 10 minutes. I actually don't know. But when I rewatched it, there was not a single scene where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I fell asleep watching this movie on this watch for the pod. Fell asleep watching it one night. Woke up early the next morning with a big cup of coffee. 
to finish watching it. And John, this is something I, I haven't disclosed to you until just now. I did not finish watching this movie. I thought about it. I've been watching it. I've been I've been speaking about it from memory, <laughs> but I only got <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I only I have my Disney Plus up right here. I only got two hours and 15 minutes into the movie, which is right after <laughs> right after uh, <laughs> Icarus is that post credit scene one or post credit scene 10? Oh, OK. No, it's okay. um, yeah, that's it's it's like when they're all talking after the fight. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was us uh, attempting to fly into the sun. I was just like, it's fine. I don't need to watch post credit scenes. I actually completely forgot about the Whitman one until you brought it up. Yeah. This next review, four stars from Michael. A lot of action in fight scenes, though characters could have used a little more backstory and or development. Overall, a great MCU. Film. Michael, you're not entirely wrong, buddy. No, you're, you're not, not wrong. wrong. And this last one here, three and a half stars from Brian. Too much packed into two and a half hours. Should have been a show on Disney Plus. Fuck yes. This guy. Fuck yes. Brian's on the side. Brian, yeah. Do you think it would make a good TV series? Yeah. Yeah. We could have spent more time with each character. Like literally, I could see this being mm-hmm. each individual episode focusing on one character. Yeah. I like that and how they come together. Except the ones that don't fucking matter. Well, they could matter. Like if you spend more time. Yeah, they could matter. You could tell me why Fina matters, why Gilgamesh matters as a part of the team. You know, Kumail keeps saying we're a family. But to me, it just seemed like they were a bunch of fucking like co-workers. It was a carny. It was a carny fest. Yeah, they were. They're literally a traveling carnival of a bunch of clowns. And some, and when they, when the, when the carnival's over, when the celestial's born, they just move on to the yeah. next city. That's pretty, pretty much, much. Let's do. go set up the fair in the next planet over. <laughs> Circus with no tent. That's what that is. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our real ranking. Real ranking. We get a little goofy with things, but uh, we're going to start moving into our real rankings so we can better track um, what we gave movies and, and which ones stand out. So um, we're working on it on the fly. Um, let's do like you want to do one out of five. I'd like a little bit more wiggle room. You want more wig, more wigs? Yeah. You want to do 100? <laughs> like give it like a... <laughs> out of five yeah you want some more wiggle room how about a (laughs) hundred yeah actually yeah let's do a hundred because then we can grade it like a like an a plus you know b plus okay like i like if this like if this is like a pretty mediocre movie you're gonna give it like what like a 70 you know 
think it's 72. Oh, no, I don't mean this one right now. Like as an example of how the real ranking yeah, yeah. will work. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Let's do it. Real ranking. We're going to rank it uh, every movie now. From now on, we talk about from zero to 100. And then uh, if it's better than a 100, what do we do? 101 for the extra credit. Ooh, okay. Yeah, let's do a couple. Like, uh, if it, if we think it's like more than perfect, we'll go over. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll say one one. I don't know what movie would. It's like a more than perfect movie. Yeah, like Star Wars: A New Hope. <clears throat> so, like Inception, would probably be like a one hundred five. I'm ignoring your Inception comment. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking thirty. <laughs> so uh, my real rate, my real ranking for this movie. So let me let me give some context um i'm gonna say i'll give it a 66 out of 100 okay that's where i'm gonna get okay. it right a little better than normal and uh it's because it's like it's not a bad movie it certainly doesn't deserve a 47 like i think that's insane that the critics gave it a 47 but i also don't think it's a 78. I think that's a little bit high. Um, I think the reason I would mo- I would rate this movie low uh, is because it reverts back to what superhero movies used to be. Like what you think of when you think of a superhero movie um, before like and like Avengers MCU movies, you think of this type of thing, like very much what Justice like we've talked about Justice League any DC movie mm-hmm. is just a typical superhero movie, which is, which is kind of annoying. Honestly, it, it reminds me a lot, honestly, of Zack Snyder's justice league where you're fighting little weird monsters, spending too much time establishing characters that no one really cares about. Um, and because of that, because you're focused so much on setting up characters, the overall plot or what is supposed to be a plot suffers. Um, and then so does having any interest in the new characters we spend time on and what has made mcu movies so successful is i think because uh, they're not pigeonholed like by being a superhero movie like you think about captain america like you could tag that as a political espionage movie we've Mm -hmm. talked about this guardians of the galaxy like that's a heist adventure movie and i think by solely focusing these on these heroes um and trying to create a bunch of people that no one really cares about and really try and force them on people, it missed the mark on anything else that it could have been and just becomes a superhero movie. Um, And uh, overall, I think it's rushed. I think first act is super quick and then it just sucks after that. And so, uh, (laughs) but the action was awesome. Yeah. I think the action was awesome. I think the shots were beautiful. Um, and I think what I'm giving this a 66 because I'm hedging that it's second attempt or whenever we see the Eternals again, it will be a lot better. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think this movie is awful in any sense. Um, there's a lot that I really like about this movie. I love a, some of the characters that have been introduced. Like I'm excited to see Kingo and Thena. Uh, in future iterations of the Eternals. Um, I hope that we give a little bit more uh, love to Gemma Chan, which is weird because this seems like it was supposed to be her movie. She seemed like the protagonist of this film. And yet um, I never truly felt too connected with her 
because like I said before, this movie uh, is too ambitious. There's too many heroes for it to juggle. There's too many storylines. There's too much that this movie wanted to be. And um, unfortunately, because of that, it, it, it doesn't accomplish anything to, like exceptionally well. Uh, this, like I said before, this movie wanted to be artsy, it wanted to be romantic, it wanted to be funny, it wanted to be a superhero movie and a love story. It wanted to be a superhero movie and a highbrow. Uh, it wanted to be a superhero movie, but not be a CGI fight fest that we always get, you know? And yet that's exactly what it turned into at the end. We got this fucking... I, this this is my main problem with these Marvel movies is they always devolve into this in the third act. I love Shang-Chi and that's what it became, you know? So when it comes to Eternals, I think that it was too sluggish. The pacing was sluggish. There was no sense of urgency. We kept stopping and going throughout the whole time. And as a result... Uh, we, we are not, we're not left with a completely engaging Marvel movie. Um, I like a lot of things in this movie. I loved the performances of the actors, but can I say that I liked this movie? Um, when I walked out of the movie theater the first time, there was a lot that I did like from this movie, but I distinctly remember the conversations that I was having with my sister and they were like, it would have been awesome if they had done this. It would have been so cool if they had done this this way. They should have spent more time doing this, you know? So upon rewatched, it reinforced all of that. And I actually liked it a lot less. It took me a lot. It took me three sittings to try to finish this movie. And I didn't even finish it all the way. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 45 out of a hundred. Whoa. Worse than the critic score. Yeah. Wow, you're you're a tough cookie. I'm being tough on you this are, huh? uh, because, like I said, this isn't a movie that I want to see again. There's nothing about me that it's, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to sit through this movie. I'm never going to sit another two and a half hours to watch this movie. There's nothing I want to revisit no. here because nothing is done well. You know, Richard Madden's character was just he's funny. He's not supposed to be funny, but I'm laughing at him, you know. That's a problem. Yeah, because he's a loser. It was funny when uh, you mentioned, like, when you left the theater, you were talking about, oh, I wish. When I left the theater, I remember just talking about the post credit scenes. Because yeah, because that's the, the most exciting part. Yeah. Yeah. It was sad. Yeah. It was sad. And that's a, that's, a, that's a problem. You know, it's not like when you walk out of a theater and you're like, dude, it was so cool when this happened. Oh my God, do you remember when they did this? You know, I remember walking in the movie theater when I was a kid with my dad and we were just like ecstatic on the ride home. This movie did not do that for me. Uh, and for that reason, so pass. First real, real ranking. First real ranking. We got uh, ranking. a 45 mm -hmm. from you and a 66 from me. Man, hopefully it can only go up from here. We'll, we'll see. see what we do next, my friend. Um but you know what? That's our real ranking. What's your real ranking? What did you guys think of the Eternals? Let us know on our socials at EARC pod and be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. They're all missing real rankings. Are we going to go back and give them real rankings? I'm not sure. Probably not. Maybe. Maybe. I'm Jose Garcia Chow. We could. That's John Wolf. Today, 
We sided with the critics. This movie felt eternal. It is aptly named, but it's not a great movie. Eternal. <laughs> so remember, at the end of the day, everyone's a real critic. Everyone's a, a real critic.